Hello and welcome to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast series. Today's podcast is a research update. My name is Sarah Sheik and I'm a Swine Extension educator with the University of Minnesota. Joining me today is Kirsten Sharp, who recently finished her first year in her master's program in animal science in the Department of Animal Science at the University of Minnesota. To get us started today, Kirsten, will you tell us about yourself, including who you worked with on this study? Of course, thank you so much for having me today, Sarah. So I'm from Bemidji, Minnesota, and I went to the University of Minnesota Morris, um, which is located in Morris, Minnesota and I got my bachelor's degree there. I actually didn't grow up living on a farm or really involved with agriculture um, in any way. Uh, so luckily, I was introduced to ag by taking a part-time job at the West Central Research and Outreach Center, and I had that job during my junior year of undergrad. Um, so kind of just to give a brief background, the West Central Research and Outreach Center is part of the University of Minnesota's College of um, Food, Agriculture, and Natural Resource Sciences. And it's actually one of 10 research and outreach centers across Minnesota, so I didn't know this when I first started working at the research center. Um, so at the WCRLC, we conduct research in um, horticulture, renewable energy, crops, swine, and dairy. So working at the West Central Research and Outreach Center was really the first experience I had had with any type of egg, and I pretty much fell in love with every aspect of it right away. Um, so after I graduated, I was lucky enough to get a full-time job at the WCRLC as a researcher, and the project and grant I was hired under, and which I'll be talking about today, um, it was funded through LCCMR, which is the Legislative Citizens Commission on Minnesota Resources. So one of the goals of this kind of three-pronged project was to essentially investigate energy usage in commercial swine barns um, as kind of part of a greening of agriculture initiative. Um, so some of the people I worked with on the grant included Lee Johnston, who's a professor um, of swine management and nutrition in the University of Department of Animal Science. And he is also the Director of Operations at the West Central Research and Outreach Center. I also worked with Mike Reese, who is the Director of Renewable Energy at the WCRLC, um, Eric Buchanan, who is a Renewable Energy Scientist at the WCRLC, um, Kevin Yanni, uh, who is a professor in uh, the University of Minnesota Department uh, of BBE, Bioproducts and Biosystems Engineering, and also Joel Tallison, who's a scientist at the WCRLC. And then all of the producers who thankfully uh, gave us uh, permission to conduct this study in their barn. Thanks, Kirsten. Also, thank you so much for giving us a little explanation of the Research and Outreach Center there in Morris. So what research topic will you be sharing with us today? Um, yeah, so today I'll be sharing with you um, the project we conducted on energy usage in swine barns, like I mentioned before. And so just to clarify, um, when I say energy usage from here on out, um, I'm actually talking about electrical energy and thermal energy. So thermal energy being heating fuel, 
Um, so in this study, that was propane. Um, so it's basically energy as being derived from fossil fuels. Thank you. So Kirsten, can you give us a brief introduction to your research study, explaining why it was a valuable project to do? Definitely, yes. Um, so this study was really one of the first of its kind to essentially investigate specific uses of electrical energy in pig burns. Um, so when I say specific, I mean that we analyzed electricity used by individual electrical loads or components in the barn. Um, so some examples would be wall fans, pressure washers, heat lamps, um, pit fans, lights, feed augers, etc. So we then quantified the electricity used by each of those different load types um, into kilowatt hours per pig produced from the barn. Um, so as part of the goals of the grant which funded the project, we wanted to conduct this study essentially to help producers in meeting some shifting consumer demands. Um, so as most of us know, consumers have really been more and more interested in learning about where their food comes from. Um, and through learning about this, some of their preferences and demands have um, been changing. So as consumers are becoming more aware of climate change and um, really its amplification through human activities, um, consumers' interest and concern has been growing regarding the sustainability of agricultural systems and their food. Um, so consumers have been looking for validation. I would say that their food products have been produced in a more sustainable way or in a way that minimizes the impact on the changing climate. So essentially, we wanted to conduct this research to help producers determine where, within their own production system, they might have a, a potential um, to reduce their fossil energy use in order to meet some of those rising consumer demands. Very interesting. So can you tell us, how did you complete this study? So we, like I said before, we're lucky enough to gain access to some commercial swine barns. Um, so we had access to six commercial swine barns that were located within an hour of Morris, Minnesota, which is out here in west central Minnesota. Again, a huge thank you to those producers. Um, so we had two barns from each phase of, of pig pork production. So we had two breed to wean barns, two nursery barns, and two finishing barns in our study. Um, so just to kind of clarify a bit, I know barns can be uh, different depending on different regions um, and stuff like that. So the breed to wean barns housed breeding sows and their litters. The nursery barns housed um, those newly weaned pigs from the breed to wean barns, and those weaned pigs grew from about 12 pounds to 50 pounds, or about 21 days old to around 60, six to eight weeks old. And then the last phase, which was the finish, finishing phase, housed pigs from about 50 pounds to market weight, which was um, pretty much somewhere around 280 pounds. So we went into each of these barns and installed data loggers and electric current sensors um, around some of those individual electric loads that I mentioned before, such as lights, heat lamps, fans, etc. Um, so it was actually pretty easy to install the sensors we put right into the barn circuit panel, and then those sensors connected up to the data logger, which we mounted kind of on the wall close by. 
Um, we would go in once a month with a laptop and download all the data from the data loggers, and then I'd bring the data back to my office and convert it from AMPs, which the sensors recorded, to a more standard, um, and I guess I'd say more recognized measurement of electricity, which is kilowatt hours. So this is the usage as a consumer you would see and are charged for on your electric bill. So to look at thermal um, energy use, so that again would be heating fuel, um, which is propane, um, I got propane tank filled from either the producer or from their supplier. And then, like I mentioned before, we analyzed this electricity data on a per pig produced basis. So again, that would be a wean pig basis from the breed to wean barns, a feeder pig basis from the nursery barns, and then a market hog produced basis um, from the finishing barns. And then lastly, some more data we uh, collected was the pig production, um, which we got from our producers. Yeah, so definitely sounds like there's a lot of different aspects that you monitored. So now that you've explained all of that to us, what were the results of your study? So kind of a lot of information. I hope I don't bore you too much. <laughs> uh, but so I'll start with our breed to lean barns. Um, Looking at our results on a kilowatt hours per pig produced basis, the barns used about 11.5 kilowatt hours um, to produce one wean pig. And so by going in and parceling out that electricity use, we found that about 60% of the total electricity used by the whole barn was used for heat lamps. So that would be for um, keeping the pig piglets warm. And then the next largest user of total electricity was ventilation, which accounted for an average of about 23% of the total electricity used by the barn. Um, so in the nursery barns, um, they required uh, right about 2.2 kilowatt hours of electricity to produce a feeder pig. And of that total electricity used um, in those nursery barns, ventilation contributed to about 50% of that total usage. So then lastly, we had um, actually two different styles of finishing barns. One was a tunnel ventilated barn and one was a curtain sided barn. Um, our finishing barns are very different in total electricity required. So the tunnel ventilated barn used about 14.4 kilowatt hours and the curtain sided barn used about 4.1 kilowatt hours of electricity um, to produce one market hog. So even though we saw that large difference between the two barns, ventilation still accounted for the largest percent of total electricity used in each barn. And so that was an average of about 77% of the total electricity um, used by ventilation in those finishing barns. So finally, we converted all of that energy on both electricity and heating fuel into megajoules and we did this so we could compare both types of energy kind of side by side. Um, so we graphed the total energy used for each barn side by side and our final chart is actually pretty interesting to look at. I wish I could show you somehow. Um, in our breed to wean barns the total energy bar graphs were very proportional. Um, so that was kind of um, interesting and helped us in validating our data collection. So the percent of total energy used from propane was about 45% and um, the remaining 55% was actually used by electricity and those were in the breed to lean barns, in both barns. 
in the nursery barns, about 90% of total energy usage was propane, and 10% was electricity use. And then lastly, in the tunnel ventilated finishing barn, um, 41% was propane use, and 59% was electricity. And the curtain-sided finisher was about 77% propane and 23% electricity. So kind of a big difference between those two different styles of finishing barns. So all of what I just talked about makes sense because in breed to wean barns, you don't require as much propane to keep the building because you have sows, which provide lots of body heat on their own, and you have electric heat lamps to heat the piglets. In the nursery barns, you still have smaller pigs, which can still require quite a bit of supplemental heat, which again is provided by propane. Um, and then in the tunnel ventilated finisher, most of the total energy use was electrical, and that was used for ventilation again. So again, this makes sense because large pigs produce quite a bit of their own heat and require um, actually more cooling. So however, we saw a difference in the curtain sided barn. Um, and we learned later on that this finishing barn was actually taking in pigs at a lighter weight than the other finisher. Uh, so those pigs required more supplemental heat with propane and um, further their curtains. Um, usually, I mean, curtains in general don't have as much insulation as a solid wall barn would have. So um, that would cause um, more warm air to leak and more propane to use. So the big question is, why are the results you shared important takeaways from your study? Yeah, so kind of as I said before, um, this being really one of the first studies to go in and look at electricity used by specific electrical components in the barn, um, it's important because we have found some of those, again, individual components in each barn and in each phase that use the most electricity. So the components that use the most electricity in turn cost the producer more, as well as, you know, ultimately burns more fossil fuels. Um, so with more efficient components, perhaps some of that usage um, might be able to be reduced. So based on your results, what conclusions can be made from your study? So since this was more of a case study, um, the conclusions really um, are, as I mentioned before, which basically are the electrical and thermal use in the barns. However, um, the results we found could potentially help producers in deciding what types of efficiencies they might install in their barns. So for example, as I mentioned before, we found that heat lamps use quite a bit of energy. So perhaps if a producer doesn't have controls on their heat lamps to adjust heat output based on room temperatures, the cost of operating those heat lamps might um, be up to 30% more than heat lamps which have controllers installed. So that's uh, quite a bit of savings there just by putting controllers on your heat lamps. Um, another option would be to utilize heat mats instead of heat lamps. We found from a previous study that heat mats have the potential to save about 22 cents per weaned pig produced. So that might not sound like much, but as an example, if you have a breed to wean barn producing um, about 80,000 weaned pigs per year, um, and going through the calculations and converting to heat mats, we figured out it would save a barn that size about $17,000 per year. Um, so that's quite a bit of savings for that producer. Um, another large user of electricity was ventilation, um, actually across all six of those barns. 
Um, so a study completed in 2004 actually found that simply through proper and regular sand maintenance and um, as well as proper control settings, efficiency of operating those fans could improve by 15%. So again, calculating that out, we found that to be a savings of about 15 cents per pig produced. Um, so kind of one last thing was the propane usage. Um, and so I'll hone in specifically on nurseries where we saw the highest use of heating fuel. So a study completed in 2013 actually implemented a nighttime temperature reduction of 15 degrees Fahrenheit um, in some nursery rooms and found that the temperature reduction resulted in 30% less heating fuel and 20% less electricity used um, per pig produced with no effects on pig performance. So again, that's another huge energy savings that could possibly be implemented um, in a producer's nursery barn. Um, so I hope I didn't bore you too much. Uh, there's lots of things for producers to think about um, in their own operations, and we hope that the results we found can be used uh, to benefit those producers. Um, also, if anyone is interested, we got this research published a few months ago um, in the American Society of Agricultural and Biological Engineers Journal, so they can check it out. Um, we also have a website for the West Central Research and Outreach Center where we talk about this project more um, with some additional links for producers um, and for the public to look at. And we also share other research on swine um, as well as our other departments. Great. Thank you so much. And if I remember correctly, the nighttime nursery temperature reduction study. That was also done at the West Central Research and Outreach Center, if I remember correctly, by Lee Johnston a few years ago, right? Yeah, he, yep, it was by Lee, um, some other people here, and then I believe they had another site um, that they did this study as well. So they compared kind of both sites. So pretty interesting. And also, thank you too for sharing where this research was published, as well as also that individuals can find out more information by going to the West Central Research and Outreach Center's website. Yeah. So with that, this wraps up our podcast for today. Thank you, Kirsten, for sharing your research on energy usage in pig barns with us today. Thank you so much. And also thank you to those listening to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast. This has been Sarah Sheik, Swine Extension Educator, along with Kirsten Sharp, sharing her research on electrical and thermal energy consumption in Midwest commercial swine barns. To further connect with University of Minnesota Swine Extension, please visit the swine-specific webpages on our Extension website at www.extension.umn.edu backslash swine. And on those swine pages, you'll find connections to our blog as well as our Facebook page. To learn about research being done by our swine faculty in veterinary medicine, please visit their Swine in Minnesota blog at www.umnswinenews.com. <laughs>